Welcome to the Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Welcome to Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. This is an amazing platform. We are helping our young adults to find their way, answer questions, resources, what careers are out there, and how to navigate through. And today's guest is perfect for that. We have Kimberly Champion Hopewell, who is an amazing entrepreneur, branding expert, franchise expert, who has navigated her way through kicking, elbowing, asking for the business, and making it happen. And she's here to talk about that today. Thank you so much for being with us with us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, Capri and Alex are at a place where they're both really starting their lives. And so it everything has been college-driven, college-driven. Of course, in high school, that's all we hear about. But you have such mm-hmm. a great story. Um, and so I know that we want to dive into that and what some of your experience is. Can you tell us just a little bit about your expertise, though, especially in franchising and branding? Sure. So I started franchising in 1994. And it was um, with, and you guys may know this Jackson Hewitt and Liberty Tax. They've been around for a while. So John Hewitt was the founder and CEO of both of those. And uh, so I kind of found my niche doing that and absolutely loved it. And, you know, I know you guys were talking about, you know, going to college and not going to college. And I never finished college. And so for me, you know, I really threw myself into the different businesses that I was in. And so franchising really helped me to work with other people, other entrepreneurs and those who didn't go to college and to um, you know, have their own business. And so I love working with people. And, and that's kind of how it is right now for me. <laughs> Just working with them from, you know, from across the country is what I do. What kind of questions do you guys have for me? Awesome. Alex? <laughs> yeah, well, I know you went over a little bit of your experience. There's a um, super fascinating background. I just want to dive right in. I know um, Ed told us you had a very fascinating story about um, how you got a, a job where um, you did not have a college degree at the time. Mm-hmm. So we've obviously a big topic has been, you know, people who have a college degree, but I um, would love to hear your sure. story about um, how you got the job without having a college degree at the time. Absolutely. So I was working for a medical company where we did, uh, it's called gas monitoring. We went into hospitals and we did uh, monitoring and testing, making sure they were in compliance with all the laws. And I, the company just, there really wasn't any place for me to go to, you know, to move up in the company. So I started looking around and I had a friend who was working at this other company. And I looked into them. I thought, man, I really want to be a part of this because they do a lot of recruiting with doctors. They work with you know, different specialties. That's where I want to be. So I started looking and I realized that they need, you had to have a four-year degree. They preferred you to have a master's degree. And I thought, man, you know what? That's my stumbling block because I didn't finish college. I only have two years. I always said, I'm going to go back. But it's like, what can I do to get my foot in the door? Because once I can get my foot in the door, I felt very confident. I can sell myself, right? Right. So I ended up thinking, you know, what can I do outside the box? Well, it's a different now because you have Indeed, you have more electronic stuff. But back then, you mailed your your resume. Oh, yeah. So I put it in a big orange manila envelope. Because, you know, typically when you send a resume, it's going to be in a very small white one. And I wanted to hit the person's desk. I wanted them to say, what is that? And then grab hold of it. 
So, and then once they did open that up, or maybe it was the office manager who opened it up and maybe he didn't see, or she didn't see the bright orange envelope. So the cover letter had to be something that was going to be spectacular. And I pretty much just started the cover letter off by saying, don't be fooled by college degree or don't be fooled by college degrees and fancy titles. And I just kind of went into who I was, you know, what, you know, what I wanted to do. And then I happened to see their company and it's my own research, talked to some friends and I got the interview and, you know, I was very surprised when they called me. So I came in and he actually said to me when I sat down, he goes, I wanted to meet the person who had the biggest kahunas to write what she did because <laughs> I wanted to see what she could do for me, basically. So I went through the interview. There were 14 of us to begin with. It came down to me and two guys that had their master's degrees. And I, I knew it, I did not have any chance, you know, in moving forward at this point. But when I got the call that I got the job, my first question to him when I went in for my you know, orientation day was, why did you choose me? And he said, because you were hungry. And he said, and I knew that by your attitude and by what you were going to do, you're going to do more for me than those two guys with your degrees, because you made that point. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a great opportunity for me. And that's where I met my husband. We've been married for almost 30 years. Wow. And so, but and my biggest thing on that is you have to believe in yourself. And the two biggest things that I, I think we beat ourselves up on is one is fear. And the second one is self-doubt. So you have to have that confidence. Um, I don't think you need to be overly confident, but you have to have that confidence in yourself that I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get this, whether it's going in to college and getting the right college you want to get into or getting that job that you want to with or without a degree. That's really interesting. I love what you said. Real quick question too, and then I'll let you ask Capri. Um, What made them think that, wow, this person is hungry? You know, what did you do? What did you say to really give make them say that about you i think it was the cover letter to begin with because i had some other things in the cover letter, right it stands out and then during the interview process every person that i had the interview with because we had to go to each different department to have the interviews Mm -hmm. and i asked a lot of questions well how do you do this well why would you do that have you ever thought about doing this you know just asking a lot of different questions and then kind of giving my two cents back i don't know how to do that but i am so willing to learn that sounds fascinating i mean i think a lot of it too is you really have to understand and and really like what you're doing and i knew the company going in and what they were all about and so it made me go in to have these questions of hey you know this is what i see myself doing and how do i get there and so every single person that i interview with said the same thing she's hungry she she wants this they could see the hustle. They could. Yeah. They could. And it turned out because he gave me a chance. It also made me want to do be the best that I could be with that company. And I was the number one sales rep for the entire year that I was there. Two years, actually. Congratulations. That's wow. No small feat. Yeah, that's extremely <laughs> impressive. Well, that and the fact that I did want to also, I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity that he gave to me. So I didn't want to disappoint him. Yeah. So it was almost like a father figure to me in a way. And so with that, I did hustle and which was great because, you know, along with that came the commissions, you know, too, but I really thoroughly enjoy it. And I probably still would have been with the company had I not met my husband and ended up moving <laughs> uh, to a different state. But uh, yeah. Well, that's such a great story. I know I've already said that, but like as someone who hasn't really been through the whole like I've only been to a handful of interviews in my life. And just hearing that is like very 
um, inspiring because it's like, oh, like you don't have to have every single thing to be qualified or be able to get that job. Kind and of on don't. the same. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of the stuff is too, you know, it's very intimidating when you go to an interview, even for me today, you know, it's still intimidating. And I think, you know, you ask them questions because the way that I kind of look at it too is they're interviewing me for this job, but I'm also mm-hmm. interviewing them. You know, I want to make sure that I'm a right fit for them, just like, you know, I'm a right, they're the right fit for me. And so I think if you kind of go in with that attitude as well, and then say, well, this is what I'm looking for. And don't be ashamed or, or you know, scared to say, this is what I'm looking for. If you guys can offer this to me, this is where my path is. And, you know, do you fit that? That, that confidence and, and connection that you can make is really powerful because you're mm-hmm. showing that you know your value already as well, which means that you're going to be able to give your value as well to that company if it has to be a, a match. It's a, big, it's a big decision to join a company to take on a job. And when you make it more equal grounds like that, that you're both finding each other a fit, they can sense that. Right. It is. You know, and I don't know if he told you that we're the highest title that I've had. I've had a couple of companies that I've owned myself, but uh, recently being in the franchising you know, spectrum again, um, this is going to my second year with this company. Um, I ended up becoming this, you know, COO of one of our brands. Wow. And, you know, you think about that a lot of times you wouldn't think a COO is not having a college degree and it can happen. I mean, it can, mm-hmm. but it's hard. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. It is, it is hard. You know, I'm 56 years old. You know, could this have happened 20 years ago? That would have been great. Right. But at the same time, you know, don't, you have dreams. Don't forget them. You know, keep mm-hmm. going for them. It doesn't matter how old you are or how much college, you know, degree you have. Exactly. I feel like there comes a certain point where it's not about the piece of paper that you got mm-hmm. X amount of years ago. It's about the experience that you've accumulated over the years. And Absolutely. all the accomplishments that you've had as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and, you know, and the people that I've met along the way, you know, like I said, in 94, I started working with John Hewitt. Well, I'm back with him again, you know, so this is, you know, 20 some years later. And he reached out to me on LinkedIn and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so you have those connections and it's easier now, you know, with social media. I mean, man, if we had social media back then. Oh, can you imagine? You know, I know. I know exactly. I know. You know, Game so changer, now yeah. it's like utilize that. Mm-hmm. You know, I utilize LinkedIn like crazy and making connections. And because you never know where that one connection can lead. And the same thing that I'm doing right now in franchising, you know, when someone picks up the phone call and they call me and say, Hey, I'm interested in buying a company, well, tell me about yourself because I need to know who they are because they may not be a right fit for us. Yes. But at the same time, they may not be the right person to even have their own company. So guess what? Come and work for me first. And then let's see, you know, where you fit in because you may fit more in a manager's position in the corporate life than you would on your own company. So, and vice versa. And Kimberly, I don't know about you, but 20 years ago, my my database was a giant book that had all the business cards and the little plastic files yes. that I could scroll through yes. as a Rolodex and then the Rolodex yes. on the desk that you would flip through. Yep. <laughs> it's funny you should say that a couple of years ago when I was redoing my office, I have one of those books that zips up. You open yes. it up and you're right. It had all, all of the cards. The, and I'm going back through these cards going, I wonder if any of these people are one still alive. Yes. But I'm looking and going through them. I wonder if they're still at these same places. 
That's how so we had to do it then. Yes. It little is. handwritten yeah. notes on the top of it. So we would remember right. who we and where we met them. Yes. Right. And the research. I mean, we didn't have the computers back then to do the research. Nope. You can just do Google now and find out not only the company, but who the people that work for them and then what their backgrounds are. We didn't have any of that. We had to ask around. Yes. Yes. It is so much easier. And LinkedIn. So much easier. We paid our dues. Trust me. Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> find we five paid your dues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what questions do you have? <laughs> so, um, where well, are you, uh, so go ahead. No, you can go. Don't worry about yeah, it. I was going to ask you a question, but I want you to go ahead and ask. Okay. So a little more about the research since we just started talking about that. Um, mm -hmm. What are some things that you recommend knowing before any interview? Oh, I, I like knowing the person who I'm interviewing with. Mm -hmm. And again, like we just said, it's just easier to do it now. So when you get onto LinkedIn and go to the social media pages, their Facebook, their Instagram, because here's something that when I was working for that medical company, there was mm -hmm. a um, clinic that was in Mead, a Mead clinic that was in Arizona. We had been trying for years to get into their uh, business to get their business. So I happened to call late one night, the uh, manager happened to answer the phone. I was talking to her and she goes, look, I can't talk to you right now. I'm late for my daughter's recital. I need to, you know, get to that. I'll talk to you, you know, we'll have another time to talk. The first thing I said to her, when we answered the phone. The next time that we talked was how was your daughter's recital? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right there, she showed, you know, I had an interest in her. Yeah. If you can go in with that and have that interest and say, Hey, I see that you ski you know, that you've gone the ski retreat and stuff. I ski as well. How often do you ski? You know, just anything that you can yep. have that common. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think having that little connection and then getting to know other people too in the company. And I name drop. There's nothing wrong with name. There's no shame in name dropping at all. Yeah. It's all, that all about getting too. those details. Yeah. Yeah. And finding that connection too. I know this is, I was a psychology major, so I'm a huge nerd about these fun facts. But when people uh, talk about themselves or you ask about them, there's feel good chemicals that are released in the brain. I don't know if it's serotonin or dopamine or one of those chemicals, but it's a biological thing. So even asking about McDonald's dance recital, that goes such a long way. Just find that little connection. Mm -hmm. So they'll associate that good feeling with you. So I, I completely agree. I think finding that, even if it's a small connection, that's so, so important. Oh, yes. It is. It really is. And plus, it kind of puts me at ease, too, because once they start talking, I can hear more of what they're doing. And it kind of puts mm -hmm. me back at ease. Mm -hmm. And kind of their personality and whatnot. Yes, exactly. Um, another follow-up question to kind of go with that. I know that at interviews, you're always supposed to ask the interviewer questions. Do you have any questions that you um, use very frequently that are more about not the interviewer themselves, but um, about like the company company. The one thing that I want to know is where the company sees themselves in five years. You know, what is their five year, their 10 year goal? And then why, why is that their goal? What is it that they're looking for? You know, are they looking to you know, more expansions, you know, because then it kind of puts me in a position of knowing where am I going to be in this company five years from now? Mm -hmm. Because is there going to be other opportunities where I can get into management? Is there opportunities where maybe, you know, they're going to go abroad? Would it be an opportunity for me to be international? I mean, so these are the questions that you kind of want to know. 
What is a good way for, for them to inquire about the company culture as well? Because sometimes a company culture can be a big part of making a decision. That's How do you huge. ask that? That's yeah. to invasive. Yeah, it's so big. Like, are you guys yeah, that all is... nice? Are you mean? What's the culture? Exactly. <laughs> that is big. And a lot of times now, when you look at websites, a lot of the companies will have their cultures on there. You know, with because uh, we do on, on all of our brands that we have, and we have nine different brands that we represent. And all of us have the same culture. And, you know, we even have the core values of our company and that's what, and that's mm. huge. That is really big. And there's nothing wrong with asking questions about that too. And then also, what do you do for fun? Yeah. You know, you're all about business, but what do you guys do for fun? You know, do you have company picnics? Do you have company retreats that you go out and do stuff with? You know, those are the fun things you want to know about the company. Yeah. It's one thing to have a company culture, but it's quite another to, you know, ask them, oh, how do you show that company culture? Mm-hmm. You know, like what's picnics, team building events, right. whatever that may be. That's so important. It is. It really is. How important is it from your perspective to know maybe what the turnover is as well with that company and how employees that's a very good question, you know, because that is something that you want to know. And there's different reasons why people leave. You know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this past year. I think it was the great resignation. resignation yes. yeah. <laughs> so people were leaving and you're going to find that the people now because of the social media, they can look at other companies and see that they're hiring and they're giving you know, bonuses to come on board. But that is actually a very big thing to ask, you know, and hopefully they'll tell you the answer, and the truth <laughs> and why and why exactly. they leave. Are there any questions to avoid asking in an interview? That's a really good question. Any um, subjects that are just taboo, you don't go there. I, w- I would used to say probably personal stuff, but everything's on social media now. You know, so I, I wouldn't even know. I don't know if there's anything that you can't ask. Have you but, ever looked at someone's social media page and then decided that they, because of something that they posted that you weren't going to interview them or they weren't going to be a good fit for your company? So that's a very good question on that. There, so when someone calls me and they're interested in looking at buying one of our franchises, I first go to social media. I want to see mm-hmm. all of their information and, and see what they do. And I don't judge them based off that because I want to talk to them first. You know, and then if they, if I see what they're, because you have two different types of people, some people who post on social media because they want the attention and that mm-hmm. may not truly be who they really are as far as their working personality, but yeah. then you also have the crossover too, that kind of happens. So, but I want to judge by myself talking to them first, instead of looking at the social media pages, but that's a big thing nowadays. Companies are looking at social media. And they, yeah, and that's the first thing they do. There are companies that literally have a set department that does nothing but checking social medias. Yes. And so, yep. Yes. Take those spring break pictures down. (laughs) Exactly. They do. So my son, he's, uh, has his master's in linguistics. He's teaching at a school in Virginia. And before he interviewed with him, he went through all of his social media stuff. And started taking stuff down. And I said, good for you. Not that he had anything bad, but you never know. But you never know. Yeah. And then also with the political, everything with the political you know, atmosphere and everything that's happened, it's like you need to just try to be a little, you know, vanilla right now. Neutral. You know, neutral. Yeah. <laughs> and don't do anything. Um, but but things will come back to get you. That's wow. for sure. Yes, absolutely. And, and like again, like I said, 
I'm kind of glad we didn't have social media back mm -hmm. then. Me too. <laughs> right. So, but wow. I mean, it's, it could be a great thing, you know, to have, but do your research on all the companies. And again, you know, LinkedIn is a great source to go to. Mm -hmm. And then if you get them on LinkedIn, look and see what their other social media pages are. And also if they do have charities, that's another thing I look mm -hmm. for. If they give back to communities, mm -hmm. I ask questions on that. You know, why did you choose that particular, you know, charity? You know, how often do you do this? You know, do you look at other charities too? You know, because now you're getting a little personal, but I think that's also, you know, you kind of see what kind of human being they are. Yeah. And is that the same culture that the company also has, you know, and giving back to the community? Love it. Yeah, that's a great thing to post. I know even, I know my company, for example, they give you like one day off per year paid. Mm -hmm just to do community service. Oh, I know that's yeah. a My huge dad, thing for yeah. people. Yeah. It is a, yeah, it's a big thing. I mean, it yeah. really is. And you know, the, I have to say the company that I'm working for, we do a lot with the communities and giving back. And we have different franchises and one of them is called Little Medical School. And it mm. is such a great concept for this because it's from ages four to 14. Mm. And so if someone says, oh, I'm going to be a veterinarian. Well, great. We have a curriculum strictly for that. Well, maybe implement being a nurse. Great. We have one strictly for that. Or maybe a pharmacist. Oh, we have one for that too. Um, but it's really good because we also give back to those charities, That's you know, because they have one that they do for the community and those that can't afford to do these curriculums. We have it set up that we uh, give scholarships. Wow. That's so wow. cool. That's Incredible awesome. information. Kimberly, you just have, I, I hope that all our listeners, their brains are just spinning going, <laughs> here's how I'm going to do this different from here forward. Wasn't that incredible? <laughs> Alex, do you guys yeah. just feel like you're ready to go Learned conquer the world so right much. now? Uh-huh. I, 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 yeah. go I have to tell you, it's there's awesome. one thing that I have on my board in my office and it's mm -hmm. in huge letters that's up there. And it says it was by Peter Drucker. And if you ever had the opportunity to read any of his quotes, please do. But it says that the best way to create the future, or the best way to predict the future is to create it. Yeah, it's to create it. Oh, and so that. for me, that's what I look at every day. And it's like, okay, what, I, what do I want to create today? What's the future that I want to create for myself and also for the person that's on this phone? You know, what is it that they're looking for? And can I provide that what they're looking for? Wow. Well, Kimberly, you've been an incredible, incredible guest for us today on well, the thank you. Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. <laughs> this was an incredible episode. I hope everybody shares it and encourages their friends to listen to this one because I think it can make a lot of difference for a lot of young adults. Thank you so much well, for thank you. us today. You're welcome. I do have one thing. If I had to say one thing is that if you could remember anything from today is... You may not tell the truth to everyone, but never lie to yourself. Always be truthful to yourself. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank not you guys well. for having me. I appreciate this. Yeah, thank you for your time. This is awesome. Yeah. Make sure and subscribe to this show so you don't miss the next episode of Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We want to hear from you as well. You can email us at 2ok2ya at gmail.com.